The following contest is a first round match in the Kings of Consoles tournament to determine the greatest game in the history of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Two games enter, only one can advance. Introducing first, the 68th seed, a 1990 platformer from Capcom, Little Nemo, the Dream Master. And its opponent, the 61st seed, a 1990 graphic adventure game from Lucasfilm Games, Maniac Mansion. Your ringside judges are Pat Dooley and Ricky Giroldo. There's nothing left to say but round one, fight! Welcome to episode 33 of Kings of Consoles. This is the podcast where we're trying to find the best game for each home video game console by means of giant tournaments. Uh, you are catching us. We're getting real close to the end of round one of our Nintendo Entertainment System tournament. Uh, this is our 33rd matchup where the 61st seed Maniac Mansion takes on number 68, Little Nemo the Dream Master. I'm Pat Dooley. And I'm Ricky Geraldo. So as we mentioned, those uh, those games are seeded. Uh, they are based on the ranks from IGN's list of the 100 greatest games for the NES. They have Maniac Mansion at 61, Little Nemo the Dream Master at 68. Uh, the winner uh, will go on to face the number four overall seed, Mega Man 2, in the second round. So that's a tough draw for either game. Uh, which actually, I think, based on our just a little bit of conversation before we started recording, this one might come down to the fan vote. I think we may uh, yeah, this one we may disagree on the winner here. Uh, but we do always one. start our conversation talking about the underdog, which in this case is Little Nemo the Dream Master, which is a 1990 platformer from Capcom based on a Japanese animated film called Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland, which is an adaptation of Windsor McKay's comic strip Little Nemo in Slumberland. You play as Nemo as he traverses Slumberland, sometimes riding animals, looking to collect keys to move between levels to rescue a princess he thinks is icky because, you know, girls. It is <laughs> widely considered to be a very difficult game, even by NES standards, a.k.a. quote, Nintendo hard, if you've ever heard that expression, uh, in the vein of previous Kings of Consoles games like Batman, Battletoads, Double Dragon 3, Fester's Quest, Ghost of Goblins, Guardian Legend, Mega Man, Shadowgate, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, etc. Uh, and that was that's one of the very few notes I made in this game, because I was just kind of engrossed by it as I played it. Uh, it's just, it's really, really hard. It's pretty hard. It's, I mean, it's a Capcom, pla Capcom platformer, so you know it's going to be, because they always are. But I felt like this one, kind of especially so. Yeah, this this game caught me by surprise. So I, have you heard of this game before? I had actually played it. We rented it once when I was like eight, but I don't think I played it since then. So I had very, very vague recollections of it. Man, I really like this game. <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. It's a really cool world. Like it all takes place in the dreams of this kid. And he, you know, he's armed only yeah. with candy that he can either throw to like slow down enemies or he can feed friendly creatures and then he can 
the game calls it writing, but he basically transforms into them. Um, he transforms into some, and then he rides like, what is it, a bear? No, a gorilla. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he rides on the back of the gorilla, and then there's also like a, like a, a lizard thing he can ride yeah. on the back of. So he does ride some, but the, yeah. the cool thing is that you do transform into like different animals. Mm-hmm. So like, there's one part where you turn into a mole and you can dig, mm-hmm. uh, and you can be you a bumblebee and fly, fly, yeah, yeah. And then there's the like the the ape that can just punch things, and the um, the one lizard that can climb up walls. So yeah, it's it's a really fun kind of gameplay mechanic where you're. It's basically like hopping in and out of vehicles, but um, but they're living creatures and they all have their own unique kind of attributes. It's like it's kind of like uh, the Donkey Kong Country games where you can like ride on the swordfish or the rhino. Rhino, yeah. It's the same kind of except in this, it's kind of it's it's more the it's kind of the primary gameplay mechanic here, where it's figuring out what you need to be to get past certain puzzles or certain platforms or whatever. Like you have to you know, climb up a tree, so you have to be something that can jump. So like, the ape can't jump, or it can, but it doesn't jump very high, but it can hit hard. Yeah, I'm just really liking the games with different gimmicks. Mm-hmm. This reminds me a lot of, uh, what's that game that we, uh, that we really like that you could, like, change gravity? Metal Storm. <laughs> Metal Storm. It's yeah. reminding me a lot of Metal Storm because... You have to, to beat a level, you have to turn into, like, a, a bee, or you have to do a lot of different things. So, I really like that. I thought yeah, it changed it, the normal gameplay. Yeah, it feels like, because we, we both admired the swing, but did not quite the execution in A Boy and His Blob. This feels like that done right. Yeah. Where, because in Boy and His Blob, you feed your blob jelly beans and he turns into a, you know, a trampoline or whatever. In this case, it's the same mechanic. Like you're still feeding candy to creatures, but the just the execution and the gameplay of it is so much better than Boy and His Blob was. This feels like that polished. Uh, it's just a, it's a much, much better game than that. Uh, yeah, this was a really fun game. It's really, really hard. Really hard. Um, but it's not... We've played some games that are so hard that they're not fun. Um, Fester's Quest, Double Dragon 3, um, Ninja Turtles Underwater Level. <laughs> um, right. We've definitely right. played games like that. This is not one of those. These are one. Of, this is one of those games that's fun hard, like a like a Mega Man or like a a Batman or a Battletoads or a Shadowgate or whatever. Yeah, this was this was an enjoyable experience, um, and I think just based on our earlier conversation, this this one is like one of the most pleasant surprises for you in the whole tournament. And really, it was. It really was. I did not expect the different types of gameplay and stuff. But yeah. it's Capcom, man. I can't yeah, say this enough. Better, that. yeah. Yeah, like Capcom's really becoming like it's really opening my eyes of like this whole two companies that are three actually have really surprised me when we've played all these old games and that's rare konami and capcom like yeah. these guys owned this era I feel. yeah yeah pretty much 
<laughs> yeah, those three Nintendo. and then the like the first party Nintendo games we'll get into more in round two. Yeah. Like that's those that's pretty much um I, I haven't done the math yet, but a huge percentage of the top hundred games come from those developers. Yeah, and then, like I guess the other ones weren't made yet, the ones that we know of, but Right. Yeah, there was no Rockstar or uh, or, or Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog or yeah. anything like that, but EA man. was just getting started. Actually, I don't yeah. I don't really remember EA being a thing until the Super Nintendo. Yeah, and back then EA I felt was just sports. I don't know if they had Yeah. any other games. I could be wrong, but I don't yeah. think they did until they bought Activision. But yeah. it's interesting. Very yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it's definitely. Yeah. This is a, both these games I really enjoyed this week because um, its opponent is Maniac Mansion, which is a 1990 graphic adventure game from Lucasfilm Games, which we now know as Lucas Arts, uh, adapted from their own 1987 computer game. Miss you, miss you every day, Lucas Arts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you play as Dave and two friends, uh, which you pick from, I think there are six options, and you pick two of them, uh, who must infiltrate the Edison Mansion, which is inhabited by a very strange family who've been taken over by the remnants of an evil meteor that crashed outside their house 20 years ago tonight uh, to rescue his girlfriend, Sandy, who they've taken captive. Uh, depending on the friends you choose to bring with you, puzzles can be solved multiple ways. Uh, cool fact about this one... One of the game's developers is a man named Ron Gilbert, who is considered to be the person who coined the term cutscene as a response oh. to the story scenes in this game. That's awesome. So you can either thank or blame Ron Gilbert for <laughs> sitting through in any Hideo Kojima game 20 minutes <laughs> of dialogue cutscenes. You did uh, this to us. All started by Ron Gilbert. There had been scenes like that in games before. He was the first one to give it a name. And this is you one of the first games to really kind of integrate it into the plot rather than have it be beginning of the level. Here's an explanation of what the level is. Now play. This is like, oh, I've grabbed this from the fridge. Now cut to, you know, uh, Dr. Ed talking to, or Weird Ed, uh, you know, oh, I want a snack. And then he goes down to the kitchen like that. There, That wasn't really done in games up to that point. Uh <laughs> It's like, you what? inspired a young Hideo. How dare you? Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> Metal Gear, the first one, came out... Actually, he probably wasn't him. even young. He was definitely, like, in high school or... Yeah. Or well, cause, I mean, he was already... I mean, he, the first Metal Gear came out for NES, so he was he was making games in this era. <laughs> yeah. Young but, Hideo, he's... Well, I mean, you know, younger crazy. than he is now. This was 30 years ago. You know, so. and this is insane. We're talking about Hideo Kojima, like... He looks still to this day super young, but he's almost like a sixty-year-old man. I think. Yeah, and yeah. he looks like he's sure he looks like our age, Pat. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, whatever like weird immortality thing Solid Snake has going for him, he's out there first. <laughs> he's been trying to tell us this whole time. Yeah, I mean, he told us about our our mail system being jacked. So <laughs> that's <laughs> right. <know>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who saw? Who knew Death Stranding was was prescient? <laughs> but. Yeah, everybody staying isolated and uh, the mail system becoming uh, necessity. So, uh, going back to this game, so this is very early, tall tale, the like Detroit human style gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Yeah. Or or like your old like what are your favorites? Shadowgate. It's like the same thing almost. Yeah. Yeah. Bit. It's the same kind of point and click yeah. adventure. Uh, graphic adventure is what they were always called um, before point and click had a name. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah it's like the it's like the next step up from like Zork and Hitchhiker's Guide and Twilight Zone, like the text based adventure games where you typed in prompts at Leisure Suit Larry, like those kinds of games where you would had like a text parser where you typed in what you wanted them to do and then they did it. This was that, but there's like a, a set menu of things you can choose to do. So you have your items, you have an item inventory and you can be like, you know, turn on, you know, click turn on as your action and then desk lamp. And then they'll go over and turn on the lamp and then the room brightens up or take cheese. Like you have the fridge door open and you take the cheese and then you just have cheese with you. Um, and all of them, pretty much everything I came across, even if I didn't get the chance to use it, like I could see how I would use it later in the story. Um, but there's also, it's sort of a survival horror game because you never know, like, you know, you come around a corner and like, oh no, there's Nurse Edna and now I'm in the dungeon. Um, and then you have to switch to another person to you know, continue the adventure and try to get them out. And I, at one point, we'll get into how far we made it later. But at one point I got so stuck, I had to start over because all three of my kids were in the dungeon and I didn't have the necessary tools to get myself out. So <laughs> I had to start an entirely new game. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. Cause like the, the, uh, like the mix of people, there's multiple ways to solve. Uh, you come across at one point, there are two tentacles in the house. There's a green one and a purple one. The purple one is evil and winds up being the main villain in a sequel uh, that came out uh, called Day of the Tentacle uh, that came out in 1993 for computers. And then it was remastered in 2016 for PC, Mac, PS4, and Xbox One. Um, The green tentacle in this one, you can befriend if you feed him and give him... He eats wax fruit and he drinks Pepsi. And if you give him those things, he becomes your friend and you can like entertain That's right. him. He wants to be a rock star. And so like you want to like play him music. Two of the characters can play instruments. So if you have them, they can like record a demo and play it for him and he likes it. Other characters, you have to like record a broken record playing from the phonograph. So it's cool. Like there's different ways to accomplish the same thing based on the characters you've chosen. Um, and you heard him right. Drink Pepsi. Yes. Yes, there is definite, definite product placement for Pepsi in this. We were talking about Pizza Hut last week with Ninja Turtles too. Yeah, it is, it's not... I, that wasn't me just saying, you know, it's a soda, so it's Pepsi. No, 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 this is actual. It's Pepsi. And it's like, you give it to him, and he's like, wow, 12 full ounces? That's a lot! Um, <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's very fun. It's funny. Like it's got a really quirky sense of humor, um, and there's just it's very twisted in like the weird things you can do in the game. Like I didn't get this far, but I remember there being a point in the story where um, Weird Ed has a pet hamster, and at one point in the story, you have to like pick up the hamster to get something that's underneath him, but you can also just take the hamster. And I think that I think I'm remembering this, right. You can actually take the hamster downstairs and put it in the microwave and kill it. Um, oh, and you do that. But <laughs> that's just like the kind of weird twisted 
humor that this game has. Um, like there was one point where like um, I was playing as Bernard, the nerdy kid, and I was grabbing something off a shelf and accidentally knocked the bottle on the ground and it broke on top of like a grate that I'm pretty sure I could have like lifted the grate off to rescue my friends that were trapped down in the dungeon. But yeah. he was so afraid of the broken glass, he wouldn't go near it. So <laughs> I had to find another way around that plot obstacle because his character was like, ew, no, broken glass. <laughs> um, yeah. And a, a, another fun thing about this game is that it actually was spun off into a live-action sitcom in the early 90s created by Eugene Levy of, you know, most recently Schitt's Creek fame, but also, you know, American Pie and SCTV oh, wow. and, you know, everything, you, you know, Eugene Levy's great, all the Christopher Guest movies. Um, and the show starred his old friend from SCTV, Joe Flaherty, who um, is probably better known to kids of my generation for one of three things. Uh, he was the dad on Freaks and Geeks. Um, he was one of the villains in the Sesame Street movie, Follow That Bird. Oh, yes. Follow That Bird. (laughs) (laughs) And for a very niche bit of my audience, he was also, it was a spinoff of his character from SCTV, Count Floyd, I think was the character's name. He also appeared as that character in a few episodes of Cartoon Network on, or sorry, Cartoon Planet on Cartoon Network as part of the early days of Adult Swim. Um, Wow. So, but probably, probably people our age remember him from Freaks and Geeks more so than the other things. That sounds right. (laughs) But yeah, it lasted three seasons on the Family Channel. um, Live action Maniac Mansion sitcom. So there you go. I think this is maybe the first game we've played for the show that got a TV show spinoff. At least the live action one, because there was like, you know, Captain N had Mega Man and characters like that. Rescue Rangers is adapted from a show. And I guess, because we haven't really played a Mario game yet, but there was like the Super Mario Brothers Super Show with Captain Lou Albano. Yep, and then they had their own cartoon as well. And the cartoon, yeah. And, and Zelda had a cartoon. Yeah. But that was. The Zelda one, I don't think, was based off this. I think it was based off. The games that everyone hated. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Yeah, because it's the yeah. same animation style as the whatever. Was it CDI? I can't remember what yeah. platform those. I don't those remember, were. but but yeah, I, I, I we were talking before the pod, and we were. I just don't like this style of game. Yeah, I just, at this point, like I love it now. Like I could do until dawn or any of those story-based games all day, but it just bores me, man. It was really boring for me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it, I mean, it, for me, it, it, it scratches... One, it's a nostalgic thing, because I did love this when I was a kid, but also, yeah. like, I, I guess I've just discovered I like these kinds of games, because I really liked Shadowgate when we played it yeah. earlier in the tournament. Um, I do like the Telltale games that, you know, we were talking about earlier, like, you know, the... Batman and Walking Dead and Dead, uh, yeah. Tales from the Borderlands and all of those. Um, I really like like those. Um, yeah, it it it, uh, it it was fun. It was a lot of fun for me. Um, 
just getting to kind of revisit that world and uh, just kind of enjoy the the nonsense. But one thing I really liked about this is, um, like, for example, when we played Goonies 2 three weeks ago, there was a lot of things, like, you pick up a thing, like, what am I ever going to use this for? You know, like, what is what is the point of this item that I have now? But in Maniac Mansion, I felt like everything had a purpose. Like, the wax fruit seemed yeah. silly at first, and then you realize, oh, hey, there's this monster that will eat it. Okay, I feed him the wax fruit. Um, like, I can give the cheese to Weird Ed, because that's the snack he went downstairs for, but I had already taken it from the fridge. So I can maybe get in good with him doing that. This key probably opens a door that I need to do. Or um, this manuscript that I found in in uh, the doctor's desk, and then I see the commercial for "We'll publish anything. Just send it to X." I was like, "Okay, well, so I need to find probably an envelope and a stamp to mail this manuscript to that address." And you know, there's, so there's just like everything. Everything has a logical reason for existing in the world, and I just I think that's just really good game design. Um, and I yeah, I really really enjoyed trying to find how the pieces fit together um but before we we uh pick a winner um let's talk a little bit about how far we made it which is going to be harder to do in maniac mansion but at least little nemo has definitive stages um i personally on uh little nemo i made it to level three um, whatever his third dream was i also made it to level three <laughs> yeah I don't feel like I made it very far in level three, uh, but I definitely made it to level three. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't you... know if I made it far either, but I definitely started it. Yeah. Do we want to call that one a tie? Yeah, we can call that one a tie, which okay. is unfortunate. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we do have every week. We're kind of keeping track of who who makes it farther, gets a higher score. In each game we played, and it's really close right now. I have a two-game lead, uh, twenty-eight to twenty-six over Ricky right now. No, oh, terrible. I, at one point, I had like a five-point lead. You were just... way ahead. Yeah, I've been coming back the last few weeks. Yeah, you're like the Denver Nuggets man right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm uh. any team playing against the Falcons in the fourth quarter. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, so how do we want to do Maniac Mansion? Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you want to just kind of tell me the like the story beats that you got to? Yeah, so I got to this part where I was around a speakers, mm-hmm. and then like we something happened, and then this cutscene where this girl was talking to the blue guy, and she, she was like, the guy was like, oh, "I'm going to eat your brain," and she's like, "No, you're not." Okay. Yeah, that's that's Sandy. That's the that's Dave's girlfriend. Yeah. That yeah. So okay. I don't know how farther you went, but I don't know if you saw. Did you this. get to the point where the son gets a package in the mail? Yes, okay. I believe I did. Yep. Um. Let's see. I'm trying to think of other because I do remember. It sounds like we're that pretty close story wise. Um, so the scene with the speaker, you're talking about when you're in the, like the little loft area where the green tentacle lives. Yeah. Like the massive, I think the game calls it Mondo stereo. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah. It's like two giant speakers and you're Mm -hmm. like, what? 
I gotta play this song for the world or something like that. Yeah. So there's Probably a couple of that. different ways to get through that. Um, the um, I think if memory serves, if I had done it right, which I didn't, uh, I think you can like if you're one of the musician characters and you find you know you find that uh, the blank cassette early on, and then there's like that music room. In that room, you can basically make like a demo tape to play for him on that. I think if you play the right like heavy metal song, it'll like break glass somewhere else in the house to let you get there. I didn't get to that point because I never got to that point. Like my, because the first time through I played it with the girl, the rock star girl, and she got captured almost right away. So I didn't get to do that. But I did figure out that you can record. You know, you find that broken record, and then there's a phonograph. You can record, basically play the broken record on the phonograph and record it on the cassette tape, and then play the cassette tape for him, and he even likes that sound, just like the skipping song. But it didn't open up anything for me. So I don't, I feel like we made it about the same distance in. So like I had the, the doctor's manuscript, I had... Um, I had a yellow key, but I couldn't figure out what door it opened. I thought I did, but it turns out I didn't. Um, huh. Yeah, I think you definitely went farther than me, man, because I don't remember. <laughs> I'm going to give you the point. I'm just going to give you the point. <laughs> oh, that's why the yellow key, you get the yellow key for playing the song for the tentacle. Oh. Because he like goes in a corner and starts dancing, and then you, there's yeah, a key hanging behind him on the wall. I think I was about to play the song after the cutscene, but I think my time ran out, so I'm like, oh, well. Okay. Yeah, so if you play the song for him, you get, the, uh, it's just called Yellow Key. And later on, I found a yellow door, but the yellow key didn't work in the yellow door, so I need to figure out what that key is actually for. Of course. Because the yellow door is in the same room with the grate, with the, the broken glass, if you try to grab the developing liquid. So yeah, I just I think I just did stuff in the wrong order, so I wasn't able to advance in the easiest way. So, but it does sound like I may have made slightly more progress than you did. So hey, look at that, another win. Great. Lead. Oh, I'll make my way back. You it's will. Fine, huh? You will. There's, I mean, <laughs> you know, for all we know, you are a, you know, journey to Silius savant, and you're just gonna crush me at that, whatever it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, just based on the conversation, we may need to get the voters involved here. Um, I liked both of these games a lot. I had a good time this week playing both of them. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm going with Maniac Mansion. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with Nemo with this one. Yeah, I kind of suspected that was going to be the case. Oh, um, man, who's going to be disappointed? So, <laughs> in situations like this, we do... well. Not in situations like this, just preemptively in case situations like this arise, we do put out polls uh, on Facebook and on Twitter, and then these last few weeks on Twitch for the first time, because we're now streaming on Twitch, um, to have you help us break any ties. So we'll take your votes and you know basically have you be the third voice. We have had one time where there was a 50-50 split, and the two of us couldn't agree on a winner, and we flipped a coin and my beloved Tecmo Super Bowl was knocked out of the tournament. 
Um, That did not happen this time because 80% of our listeners picked Maniac Mansion. No way. So (laughs) Maniac Mansion is moving on to face Mega Man 2 in round two. But Little Nemo is definitely one of the games like Tecmo, like, you know, a handful of others that uh, Mega Man 6 um, that were knocked out that in another week would have moved on uh like you know spy hunter and um just you know, gradius you know games that just happened to run up against a really good duck hunt that ran up against a really good opponent skater die two um yeah this is definitely not a a demon sword or a mickey mouse capade or a kicks <laughs> or one of the the yeah, kind of no. crummy games we've had to play for this show. No, these, these, were, these these are both really good. These both were good. Like like I said, it, my the click is not really my type of game. I found out, and it, we found out it's your type of game. Like you really yeah. like it. I discovered so a new funny. genre I like. So maybe I need yeah. to go back and play some of those classics. Like your uh, uh, the Monkey Island games I've heard are excellent uh, point and click adventures, and I've never played any of those. Um, I'm morbidly curious about Leisure Suit Larry. Um, yeah, I was going to say Leisure Suit, but... Um, just because <laughs> I've heard how bad those are, but, you know, and how baffling the puzzles are in them. Um, there's a really good gaming podcast. I mean, there's tons of really good gaming podcasts, but the one in particular I'm talking about is called How Did This Get Played? Uh, with Nick Weiger and Heather Ann Campbell and their producer Matt Apodaca. And every week they play the worst and weirdest games. So they actually just played Maniac Mansion about three weeks ago. Uh, so that's a really, really fun episode. But they've played a couple of the Leisure Suit Larry games. And every time I listen to a new Leisure Suit Larry episode comes on, I'm like, oh no, those poor people. But I'm also like, eh, maybe I, I <laughs> kind of want to play that. Especially now that I know the answers to some of the crazier puzzles because they talk about them on the show. It's like, oh. Yeah, I probably wouldn't think to look behind that shelf to find the dollar to buy the big gulp to take with me on the cruise ship. Um, but it's like having a cheat code. So thanks, Heather, Matt, and Nick. Uh, <laughs> hello, everyone. Uh, anyway, that's a random plug for a show uh, that neither of us are involved with. Uh, and they they don't need our help but they don't need our help no they're all established (laughs) podcasters Um, but hey maybe they can help us so maybe 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 if we continue to be nice to them they'll give us a shout out um so yeah so maniac mansion doesn't advance um we were talking about plugging how did this get played we have our own plugs uh as i mentioned we are now streaming on twitch twitch.tv slash kings of consoles uh, or about three times a week, I'm on there playing upcoming games for the show. Uh, so this episode is coming out the 29th. This is our last uh, Halloween month episode. So the next stream is actually tomorrow, uh, where for the first time I'll be playing for two hours instead of just one, because we'll be kicking off the second round of games with RC Pro-Am. Uh, oh, so that'll be that. fun. Uh, getting to play that um, and then sunday will be shadowgate tuesday will be river city ransom and then um yeah so those are the next three recordings uh, you know what's to do gonna be tuesday friday sunday what's gonna be crazy is since 
in the second round we have two hours in a game, we mm-hmm. might be able to beat some games. We might be. We might be. Because I feel like in some of them I was so close, but, you mm-hmm. know, the timer. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. It's going to be real interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. It's um, right. I'm excited for these round two games to kick off. Uh, our, the, the streaming schedule is going to get a little weird, uh, in a couple of weeks because we're going to start hitting like Thanksgiving break. And then a couple of weeks after that, we'll take some time off for Christmas. Um, so, uh, the three, three times a week will, will probably stop for a while. <laughs> I'm thinking probably up through like the Friday before Thanksgiving, I'll keep that Tuesday, Friday, Sunday schedule going take a week or so off for Thanksgiving and then do like another week and a half and then take two or three weeks off for Christmas. Uh, but then we'll hit the ground running in the new year with more stuff. But remember on Thanksgiving is when round two kicks off. So that's when the RC Pro-Am versus Adventures of Lolo three episode will drop tentatively. That's not, we haven't fully decided that that's what we're starting uh, right. round two with, but probably. Well, but, yeah, I, yeah, we think. Yeah, you can see the full schedule as it currently stands, and it will get updated uh, at challenge.com slash kings of consoles, C H A L L O N G E dot com, uh, where we post. Uh, we've got our full bracket there, and so you can look and see uh, what has already happened and what matchups are upcoming. Uh, so now that this episode has come out, you can see that uh, Ninja, Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, Uh, has advanced to face Blades of Steel. And then when next episode drops, you will see uh, Maniac Mansion uh, and Mega Man 2 in the second round. Uh, So that's Challenge. We talked about Twitch. Uh, ko-fi.com slash kingsofconsoles, where you can contribute to the show financially. You just want to buy us a cup of coffee or, you know, a new computer. You can can do that there. uh, we are also, like I mentioned earlier, we do post the polls for you to vote and pick a winner on our Twitch channel. Uh, it's also on facebook.com slash kings of consoles at kings of consoles on Twitter. Uh, and then you can also follow me on Twitter at loopy date. And you can follow me at Ricky 4518. And we will be back next week with another new episode as number 47 vice project doom takes on number 82 power blade two games i've never played before i'd heard of vice project doom because i think it was on the cover of nintendo power when it came out power blade i have no recollection of but the box art is awesome yeah it Um, is i did see it i was like wow this is cool (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm excited to play that i'm excited to really hope yeah i really hope uh it's as cool as the cover yes we've been let down before demon sword on our hands um uh, or kid nicky radical ninja uh, we've had some some misleading covers in the last few weeks <laughs> so or the one with fabio <laughs> but at least iron sword was a good game it's true it, but yeah but it was a misleading cover for <laughs> yeah. sure um or uh fester's revenge that had nothing to do with adam's family yeah or goonies that had nothing to do with the goonies <laughs> Hopefully, I, I have faith. Yeah, at least like Little Nemo was, you know, had the characters from the Little Nemo comic strip, and Ninja Turtles too had the Ninja Turtles in it. So we're That's we're true. kind of swinging the pendulum back in the right direction. Uh, yeah. So 
you know, on our social media, make sure that you vote for uh, winners because you may be used to break a tie like uh, 80% of our listeners did this week where they helped Maniac Mansion advance. Got that one right. Baloney. Baloney. Um, but also, you know, this episode is coming out on October 29th. Uh, I hope you've already voted. Hopefully your state had early voting and you went and did it so you don't have to wait in long lines on Tuesday. But if you haven't and you do have to, vote on Tuesday. I know a lot of people aren't excited about the candidates, which is fine. But you know how you get better candidates is you vote for lesser positions. Joe Biden didn't just all of a sudden become the candidate for president. He was on his county council and then he ran for Congress and then he ran for Senate and then he was the vice president. The local races matter. Pick the people you like early so that they can be the ones that work their way up into the the heads of your ticket. Don't don't just complain that there's nobody you like at the top. You got to start at the bottom to put the people you like in position. Anyway, that's me off my soapbox. Democracy is very very important to me. Please vote. Uh, I would say it doesn't matter who you vote for, but it matters very much who you vote for, but I'm not going to, you know, that well, this isn't that kind of podcast. Uh, you should probably know by now from having listened to us for 33 weeks where we stand on that. Um, it's true. But yeah. Don't be don't be dumb, guys. Just don't vote right. Do the right thing. Make your voice heard. And, and you know what? Even if you think... Just whatever you think, just vote. Just go out there and do your part. Even yeah. if it's not our beliefs. Hey, at least you went and did something. You know? you, yeah, <laughs> it's important to make your voice heard. It's right. important that because I mean, even if you're a you know a blue dot in a red state or a red dot in a blue state, you know if you're a Democrat in Texas or a Republican in California, like you know you can say my vote doesn't matter, and it may not with the electoral college the way that it's set up, but it does matter for like you know your sanitation commissioner and your your school board and your you know, your congressman and your senator and, you know, all of your local races, your vote still matters there, even if, you know, your vote doesn't count in the scheme of the Electoral College. Still vote, still make your voice heard, uh, yeah. because that's the only way you'll ever get, you know, a red state turned blue or a blue state turned red, is if enough people, enough like-minded people go out and make it happen. So yeah, sorry to get a little preachy on you, but it's really, really important and it's only five days away and this is our last chance to beg you to vote. So we're doing it. Please vote. All right. And play games. And play, play old games. games. And, you know, join us for Vice Project Doom and Power Blade and all these other really cool games we've got coming up. And round two is coming, guys. Less than a month away. It's almost Thanksgiving, which means it's almost time for round two. And there's so much good stuff coming. So thanks for sticking with us, and we'll see you next time. Kings of Consoles is recorded in Nashville and Orlando and is produced and edited by me, Padula. Thanks to Captain Portal for our theme song, intro for a non-existent video game, which can be found at freemusicarchive.org. And the music and sound effects from this week's games can be found with a quick Google search. The opinions expressed in this and every episode are our own, and we are in no way sponsored by or affiliated with Nintendo. We're just big fans.